0: Two straight Phoenix Suns wins after a couple of ugly losses. Have the Phoenix Suns realized their dynasty as an offensive juggernaut after a full season defending like mad? Maybe. And Kevin Durant is coming back. We're live. It's Locked On Suns. Let's go. You are Locked On Suns, your daily Phoenix Suns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And we are back. This is Locked On Suns. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and I'm your host, Brendan Clean, a credentialed media member covering the Suns for the past six seasons, a writer at suns.com, and the host of the Just Basketball Show wherever you get your podcast, Thank you for making Locked On Suns your first listen here late Monday. We are live on YouTube. If you're finding us right now for the first time or maybe on YouTube or your favorite podcast platform after the fact in an on-demand fashion. Go ahead, and hit, go ahead and hit follow. Go ahead and hit subscribe. Get us in your feed every single Monday through Friday. Get locked on to your favorite team. You can also follow along at LockedOnPHXSuns to get new shows there. Maybe some retweets of KD feuding with Charles Barkley. You never know what you're going to get over there. We are live, as I've said a couple of times already. Brandon Duenas is joining us one day late. Uh, appreciate everybody being patient over the long weekend. I was out of town, got some nice, uh, R, nice R&R there. But we have a Suns win to talk about. We have two Suns wins to talk about over a three-game little weekend here leading up through Monday night. Brandon, before we dive into that, uh, you're you're into March Madness, I would say, more than most people that I know. Most years, college basketball, NBA scouting, all that stuff, you are in that world is this tournament getting even your attention? I know it's the Suns don't even have a pick, but I'm just—I was thinking about hopping on with you today, and I'm like, is—is is this tournament even getting Brandon's attention with how ugly it has been? Uh, there's a tournament
1: going on. That's how yeah, I feel. I'm, but but uh, honestly, it's been—it's been rough. It's been brutal. I'm—I'm um, I'm not following March Madness as close as I have in the past, just due to. Uh, my new job. It's, it's, just, it's just tough to balance that many things uh, going into March. So, you know, you're not going to get any detailed big boards from me this year, unfortunately. Um, I just don't, haven't followed it as closely as I'd like to, to get that down. And honestly, it could, it could be for the best, but uh, <laughs> yeah, but just going back to the Suns, I mean, what a difference two games makes just, you know, winning a game against Philly that they, you know, a, a lot of us probably had no faith in them pulling off and then coming back uh, against a, a tough utah team that they've struggled with at times before and and uh you know the bench unit stepping up again so uh, it's been a little bit of march madness suns version with between uh, yes. tony buckets and, and terrence ross
0: Yes, it has. So 117-103, to the final score here on Monday night. The Suns beat Utah. Yeah, that that game early in the year where the the Jazz won by one point was one of the more fun games of the season. We got a a booker Markinen duel back when we weren't sure if this lowry Markinen renaissance was actually real. Uh, So that was a fun one, this game. Not as exciting, unfortunately, for uh, I guess the entertainment factor. But obviously, the Suns will take a double-digit win, where Paul only has to play 27 minutes, Booker only has to play 34 minutes, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But you look down the rotation, Brandon, this weekend, and like I, I think you and I have talked about the rotation almost every single uh, show that we've done basically since the Durant trade, and. I'm done making predictions about who's going to play, but regardless of of who is going to be in that rotation come playoff time, you have uh, like 60 bench points, if not more, against the Kings. You have uh, close to that against the Sixers, and then tonight uh, you're getting uh, like 40, 50, something like that. So it has been raining from uh this bench over the weekend and that is not something we've been used to and i think when we talk about if this sort of outscoring everybody is going to just be what it is for the suns down the stretch i feel like that bench doing its job is a big reason why you might feel like that's even a possibility versus early on in the year and obviously in the middle of the season when it felt like if if even two guys could score double digits it was going to be a miracle
1: yeah. And I think the main thing, and I tweeted this out, is just the reps. These guys are getting together. And now they're, it's not like they've had a ton of reps either. This has been a pretty weird, uh, you know, transition with, you know, campaign and, and Landry Shamit both dealing with injuries coming back from that. And then yeah, boss and then Warren's minutes have been, you know, hit or miss. And he's finally starting to get some steady play and regaining that confidence and looking like the, the Tony buckets that we know that can, you know, as, as EJ would, would say, get, he can get a bucket in a photo booth. Uh, this guy's just a, a born scorer. He's, uh, you know finding his confidence and when him and Ross get going you have two completely different types of scores too that you know Ross when he's on he can miss three sh- straight shots uh, badly and it's not it's not going to phase him uh, in terms of his confidence he's going to keep shooting and that's what the Suns second unit needs so I think uh, those two guys along with the confident campaign just makes a huge difference and you know just getting three straight games from the bench showing up that's that's massive and I think that uh, you know, especially when Katie comes back, if you're getting positive minutes out of the bench, it's, it's it's a wrap for this league. Like it truly is. If the Suns are healthy and their bench is producing, uh, look out.
0: Yeah, I still. So I I think the one thing is obviously who is going to be able to reliably do this, right? Because even Terrence Ross. There were games pri- right, right before this stretch where we would have been uh, questioning him, and I think there's been games even before that, even some of the ones when Durant was healthy, where we were wondering about the defense. Right, the 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 Mavs game, the Bucks game that Durant didn't play in, that was leading up to uh, Durant's debut. Some of those high profile games where he just wasn't able to guard, and so that's going to be a question. I think Warren looked pretty solid defensively against the Jazz, and and I saw some people, you know, noting that on Twitter as well, and and I'm sure Suns fans were noticing it who were listening. That's pretty big, and and that's why I thought honestly that he made so much sense to be one of the main guys in this rotation when the trade first went down and we started to see what the roster was going to look like. Is he's just big, and you can't really replace that, right? Like Ish Wainwright is 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 getting a lot of minutes solely because. He can make shots and and use his size well. And if Warren can do that, there's obviously going to be a role for him. So I think the two way ability of the guys who have been producing is still a question to me, and the consistency of, of playing both uh, both sides. Uh, and then just what are the really the combinations going to be like that you know, Monty is comfortable with that these guys, like you mentioned with the reps, are able to kind of make one another better at um but you have to be happy with what you're getting. The other big news from this game, Brandon, this this Sunday night game was, or Monday night game, was DeAndre Ayton's return. He was out uh during some of the ugly losses, as well as beating Philadelphia, which is pretty huge considering Joel Embiid was on the other side there. But 14-8 for him. We were texting a little bit. Uh, the the stereotypical, the, the, the usual DeAndre Ayton, sort of late March swoon here where it just feels like he's ready for the playoffs i can't necessarily blame him i am ready as well um what are you what are your vibes on Ayton right now heading into the postseason and i guess with this hip contusion behind him i'm not sure it was ever that serious but he is back in the lineup and and ready to go
1: yeah it's kind of it's funny to say this about a player as young as deandre and technically still unproven in a sense that we're um he's not like a veteran that's gone through a ton of playoff games but he's it seems like every postseason he shows up so that's kind of the funny thing like like we were texting like yeah and march he kind of coasts a little bit like he's a he's a grizzled vet out there and then once the playoffs roll around big games you know he's gonna step up and be engaged with him it's just all about engagement uh you know it's never about the stats you know we've I'll beat that dead horse over and over again. Um, everyone knows his defense and just doing the little things, especially with KD on board offensively. His role is going to be pretty minimal. Just finish around the rim, uh, play hard, grab offensive rebounds, and you know try hard on defense, uh, contest shots. And and that if he can do that in the playoffs, then we're fine. But yeah, it's today was nothing special. It was just kind of him trying to work his way back from an injury. There's always. Uh, a little bit of rust that you have to shake off, too, in that first game back, whether whether it's a serious injury or not and conditioning and all that. So um, I'm looking forward to seeing how he does at home. And hopefully, you know, we can get a few more, uh, you know, big eight in games before that, like leading into the playoffs, just so he can get his confidence rolling. Because uh, especially when Katie is back, because there's a couple games games, uh, you know, with Katie where it just seemed like he was almost non-existent offensively. So I think finding a way for him to have a big game with Katie would be would be awesome just heading into the playoffs.
0: Yeah, and that didn't really happen at all, right? I mean, I remember I did a show like I think leading into the game that Katie uh, ended up spraining the ankle and I broke down the touches and the usage and any way you sliced it, Aton was like dramatically getting cut back what what his his role was on offense. And I think that there's going to I think that's something that will naturally feel itself out over the course of the remaining regular season games and even as the playoffs go along. And honestly, I don't even know it's not even Durant himself. It was just sort of a like, you know, how many mouths to feed type of thing with him, where I just I think Durant actually was one of the guys most visibly sort of trying to involve Aiden. It's sure. just there's only so many shots. So when Ayton comes back, I agree with you. It's gonna I I hope that there is a little bit of an emphasis, not even from Monty or anything, but just from the players on the court to say, hey, like, let's make sure he feels engaged and involved just so that we know what that looks like, what we know that we know what that feels like to to incorporate him, to emphasize him in the offense, even when everybody's healthy. Cause you don't wanna build the habit of He never gets a touch and and then you're in a big playoff game and you need him and and he hasn't scored, you know, 20 points in in a month and you're wondering what happened. So uh, I agree. I don't think the injury was serious. He didn't look hampered by it today by any means. It's also his first game back. So even though I was making the jokes about the sort of lethargic vibe from him, I don't want to overstate that by any means. Um, Let's talk a little bit about matchups. I think we're getting close enough. I don't believe in the Warriors enough to to to, to think that they're going to pass it up. And uh, if this is going to be more of an offensive team, at least who's playing and how they play, I think that sets up a pretty fascinating Clippers matchup, if that's indeed what we get in round, wa- round one, Brandon. So let's kind of think about that a little bit here in the next segment. First Today's Show, guys, brought to you by... Built Bar and Built March Madness specifically. The Built March Madness bracket is here. We know you have a favorite bar or puff. Look, if you've been listening to Locked On Suns for long, uh, you've heard about them plenty. I'm sure you've bought a box before. I'm going Cookie Dough Chunk Puff all the way. And when you vote for your favorite bar or puff, you will be entered into a drawing where 50 lucky Locked On listeners will get a free box of their favorite Built Bar. Not only that, but one Locked On fan will get a 12-month subscription to Built to have Built's best bars or puffs delivered monthly straight to your door. You've got to try them. They're the best protein bars ever, and they don't even realize just how good they are for you because they're all about flavor. They're all about making these things tasty first and foremost. What makes them so good is they're covered in 100% chocolate, delicious flavors, fruit flavors, caramel nut flavors, or just the sweet good, rich chocolate. Whatever you love, there's going to be something for you. So run to BuiltMarchMadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box while you're there. All right, Brandon. So uh, here's the deal. I just, and you can tell me if I'm wrong. I am not a believer in the Golden State Warriors. And I don't think that they're going to catch the Suns uh, or the Clippers in the standings or the Suns. I believe in them. Potentially to fulfill their destiny in the playoffs, I just don't think in the regular season, like, we we can stop tricking ourselves here. Um, They have four road games left. If they win one of them, great. Uh, And so that's that. That means that the Suns are most likely to play the Clippers, who are up at halftime against the Bulls but not by much. People might know the result of that game by the time they're listening to this one, so we'll see. But either way, it feels like we're headed towards Suns Clippers in the first round. I haven't really done a ton of matchup stuff on the podcast because it's too soo- it had been too soon to really say, but we're, you know, we're in the single digits of games left. So what do you feel like aside from the obvious Paul George injury is going to be on your mind with a potential Suns Clippers first round series.
1: So I actually disagree a little bit because I think, uh, I think golden state's still in play Uh, just because looking at the the Clippers schedule, they have back-to-back games at Memphis. uh, And then the very next game after that second game against Memphis is a, a, an actual back-to-back at new Orleans. And then you have the Lakers and a game at Phoenix. And those are two teams that obviously want to win for standing. So there's, there's a chance they could really still, uh, even if they pull off this Bulls game and uh, just looking at the Warriors schedule as well, they have like the Spurs and the Thunder and a couple other pretty winnable games. So I don't think it's necessarily set, but I do agree that the Clippers are still the favorites and that's probably most likely the matchup. Um, And they're still terrifying just because it's the same thing as uh, last time we faced them in the playoffs, uh, except, you know, switch Kawhi and Paul George uh, with with injuries and mm-hmm. you know I don't know if you you guys all remember this I'm sure is just going back when everyone's like is Kawhi going to suit up tomorrow is going to suit up the next game like people just didn't know I feel like that's what Paul George's situation will be like all over again yeah. um, you know so it's they're still even without Paul George they're a good team they're not going to lay down um, and Ty Lue's a great coach so that's not an easy first round matchup by any means and uh, you know if it's if it's them which as like I said I as most likely going to be them, but you you, you never know if they if they steam steamroll a little bit. So um, it's it's a tough matchup.
0: I think that the 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 Paul George thing to me is I would I would expect like I not my read on it, but I would if I'm the Suns, I'm planning that he'll miss zero games. I'm expecting or believing he'll miss maybe the first one or two and I'm hoping he misses, you know, the first three or four, right? Like, I think that's kind of the way that you would have to play it. Um, the, the Clippers are an interesting team to me, and, and part of why I wanted to kind of finally dive in a little bit is this topic of, like, you know, especially once Durant comes back, which we will talk about in the next segment, this team is, it, it seems like it's, it's the Suns are readying to be more of an offensive team come playoff time than they have been in the regular season and definitely than they have been in the past two postseasons where they're going to live or die by some of these, you know, scorers off the bench. They're going to live and die by, you know, the ability of somebody like Chris Paul or DeAndre to score rather than, you know, somebody like, you know, can Jay Crowder stop so-and-so. That was a lot of the X-Factor stuff in the past. The Clippers are an interesting kind of, uh, I don't want to say opposite of that, but because of the comfort and the familiarity that these teams have, I think that's interesting. I think the fact that they're going to be more of a small ball threat is interesting to me. And then the fact that I don't really know what their backcourt is going to be is is obviously you know a big factor for them with the Russell Westbrook addition, the Eric Gordon addition, the health of Norm Powell, some of these unknowns in addition to Paul George it's interesting because I, I think to me, Chris Paul is going to be one of the biggest questions, no matter who the Suns play. And I don't know what to expect from what his job would be defensively or who he would be guarded by if it was the Clippers. And I know that's maybe a secondary thing. Cause we're going to talk about Durant and Booker the most, but that's kind of where my head goes when I think about the Clippers.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. And I think, uh, just going back to the Warriors as well. Um, that's a great comment by, by Nicholas, just saying. He, I'm not worried about the Clippers without Reggie Jackson or Pat Bev. I hope um, – are we
0: assuming sarcasm? I really hope that that's sarcasm. <laughs> Otherwise, well, hey, uh, Reggie Jackson I didn't tell George Nick us. who the best players on the Clippers are. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, go ahead. Warriors.
1: Um, yeah, the Warriors, I think – they're a team I want nothing to do with in the first round just because, you know, they can go nuclear at any moment and their home court advantage as well. Like, they're just one of those teams that you can – you just don't want to, you know – get them early because i i don't know i just don't feel great about that matchup uh i still think the suns could beat them it's just going to be it's just there's less certainty when you're going in a matchup against steph curry and draymond and clay um guys that have been there and done that whereas the clippers like you mentioned they don't know almost on a day-to-day basis of when paul george is going to return that kind of messes with the lineup a little bit and just getting in players head like what's my role going to be tonight um so just trying to get paul george like ease back in there that's that's something that will be in the back of their minds but um but yeah chris paul in that matchup. uh, Honestly, I think there's going to be times where the Suns have to go point book. Um, It really just depends on what Tyler tries to do, but I know uh, losing excellent coach. That's probably what scares me the most Uh, along with quiet Leonard. You know, he's starting to, he's had a few games where he's looked like his old self. Uh, They're just a two way monster. So um, they're, they're definitely a team to worry about, but really at the end of the day, if the Suns are healthy, um, I'm, I think they can pull it off. It's, it's not anything I'm I'm overly anxious about, but they're not going to go down without a fight
0: yeah golden state 13th on offense 18th on defense this season the clippers are uh 23rd on offense and 15th on defense the Clippers, is like anything you look at with them it feels like they're just not a good team um which is weird yeah. they're also one of the luckier teams in the nba in terms of their expected wins versus their actual wins um they have yeah they're overperforming by th- more than three so they've gotten pretty lucky they would they should be even worse the clippers so i don't know but you know you just have those superstars and it's it's always going to be a, a fear factor with them i think the i know i i mentioned i'm looking more at the offense and that that is true i think the reason the clippers uh, to me are one of the scarier matchups too though is and i said this from the very beginning before duran ever even suited up i did a show about the worst playoff matchups and i i listed the clippers because I don't know who guards Paul George and Kawhi Leonard on on the Sun side. You know, Kogi is the answer for one of those guys, I would think. So probably he guards Kawhi would be my assumption. Um, and then I, you know, in the I guess you could put some lineups together where Torrey Craig and him are both out there, but that's not very common. You're basically getting to Booker and or Durant needing to defend a an All NBA caliber player late in games, possession after possession game after game over what will probably be a fairly long series. That uh, is worrisome, obviously, as well. Um, but I, I think I agree with you. I mean, because of that uncertainty, I think I still would would favor the Suns. Um, I do just feel like, again, that, that what we've seen from this offense kind of just changes what the, the tone of the series would be. I mean, people remember game four of the Suns Clippers series was in the 80s in 2021 they had uh i think the value game was in the low hundreds so it was ugly at that time and i don't think the series would look the same at all when it gets replayed considering durant and Kawhi
1: are in there yeah no definitely and honestly i think right now another factor with that clipper series is looking at home court advantage i think that's going to be huge for the suns to have that boost so um, locking in the four seed is going to be something that I think that's a major reason why Katie is coming back. When he's coming back, um, they want really want to just solidify that spot, get a few more wins, and also get that rhythm going, get those reps in. Like I've I've mentioned earlier, just with the with the bench unit too, trying to figure out that you know lock in that rotation because I don't think Monty's going to try to you know trot out a thirteen man playoff lineup. So hopefully not. Um, you never know, but uh, you know I think trying to figure it, like lock in that lineup and and get. Uh, home court because i think anytime you're a team working through kinks and you're as explosive offensively as the suns can be uh having that home crowd to just boost the momentum is, is massive we've seen that shift games time and time again so i think especially for that first round specifically they need to lock in home, home court advantage uh 100 because i i just don't i think that that could be the difference between a game or two, which could ultimately be the difference of of a series Um, because, you know, campaign going off, Terrence Ross going off, guys like that, stepping up at home, role players play better at home in the playoffs. And the Suns need the role players to step up. So um, the Clippers series, I think will be huge for Josh and Kobe too. That has his name all over it. Mm -hmm. Last time they played, he had six threes against them. So I think, uh, and he did a great job on Kawhi. Kawhi had an off shooting night. um, But, you know, but like you said, anytime you have two superstars, like George and, and it's, it's it's definitely, uh, there's no guarantees.
0: Yeah, it should be interesting. Um, I, yeah, all valid points. I, we don't have a lot of time in this segment. So let's dive into Kevin Durant returning Wednesday. Uh, even the local broadcast is talking about it like it's a given. So I guess we can just uh, presume that that is it. all systems go there. We'll talk about what to expect, what will change, uh, what we're hoping to see, all of that. Uh, we're not fully day of yet here on, on Monday slash Tuesday as this show is going up, but I think it's fine to let the excitement start now. First, today's show, guys, brought to you by FanDuel. The tournament is heating up, and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. That's because right now FanDuel is giving no, new customers a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to one thousand dollars back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to fanduel.com/slash-locked-on and sign up today to claim your no sweat first bet. Then you can wager on everything from the money line to point spreads to which team will be cutting down the nets. We have championship odds. I know uh, they uh, they put uh, the tournament in a singular at the top here. Uh, it there are two going on. We have. Championship odds for the women's tournament. South Carolina, the heavy favorite at minus 360. I feel like, so LSU is plus 600 here. Iowa is plus 900. Um, It feels like Iowa should be probably, I don't know, a little bit higher. I think that they're the second best team. And if they, if South Carolina were to lose, the most likely team to beat them would be Iowa. And then Iowa would go on to be the favorites. I, I don't know. I just think from a math standpoint, it's worth a look, but maybe you feel differently. Either way, FanDuel.com slash locked on Wager on everything from money, line to points spreads to which team will be winning all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Don't mess your shot at a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's locked FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up, make every moment more with FanDuel. Kevin Durant returning Wednesday, Brandon. And uh, this is basically exactly three weeks from when that injury happened. And there's no shortage of things we're all excited for, namely finally seeing this man on footprint center Hardwood, but with seven games left in the season. So if he plays every single one, they will play 10 games together and not a, uh, I, I don't even know if like the wins and losses is even what I mean, but just some high profile games. I mean, uh, national TV on Wednesday against the, the Wolves, two games against the Nuggets, and then at the Lakers and home versus the Clippers to wrap things up what it could be silly it could be just like heartstrings it could be x's and o's what will you have your eye on on Wednesday night when KD is back in the lineup
1: so just going back to the the crowd just the the environment I think it's going to be electric obviously the uh the injury or the the slip before that first uh supposed game you know it was pretty devastating so i think you know the fans have been waiting for for so long it almost feels like the trade happened a year ago at this point and he still hasn't made his home debut it's pretty wild um but but yeah seven weeks yeah it's crazy (laughs) it's wild wild. man um and there's crazy it's also wild that there's only seven games left i think at this point he's probably going to play in six of those seven if i had to guess i because they do have a back-to-back um april 6th and 7th one of them's mm-hmm. first denver and then the next night they're going to la so i could see them either sitting in the front of that or back just there's no need to you know play it sit him at the lakers
0: home. that's my vote play against the nuggets it's also on national tv so come on do it for the fans
1: yeah i agree and it's at home as well so you know yeah um i think that's a game that they could use him for but you know anyways getting back to, the, to that point i think you know, that, that would put us at nine total KD games. Mm-hmm. And is that enough? Um, I don't know, I don't know if there's any certain equation of not of where it would be enough. But one thing I do know is these guys know how to play off each other already in terms of just the role he's gonna be in. He plays so naturally within the flow of their offense that um it's it should be pretty seamless. So I'm just looking forward to, to getting some more moments of Booker and, and KD, uh, like we did in that Dallas game. We might we may not get a performance like that again in the regular season in terms of both of them doing what they did um, at that degree at the same time. But I I sure as hell hope so because Booker has been playing out of his mind. So um, if KD can, you know, have a couple breakout games, that'd be awesome.
0: Kevin Durant played 98 non-garbage time minutes for the Suns before he got hurt. The Suns were uh, outscored their opponent by 24 points per 100 possessions when he was out there the offense uh was 13 points better the defense was 11 points better and uh they won all three of those games so i don't think what i'm necessarily looking for or or like watching for is wins and losses although they do need to keep winning or even necessarily individual like how do they match up against so-and-so? Although I do feel like the Wolves, Brandon, is an interesting one because Cat is healthy again, and so Jaden McDaniels is the obvious guy who would guard Durant, but you run into a problem very quickly with where does everyone else go? I could see like maybe one of those guys, the the big man on Minnesota, guards Kogi, and then the other one... Guards Aiton, and then and then that allows McDaniel's to guard Durant. But even aside from all of that, I just think it's it ended up being some pretty good tests. I I would have liked for it to for him to only miss two weeks and then to get to play these this big weekend of games that we're recapping today because I think those were pretty good as well. The Lakers, Kings, and Sixers especially. But whatever, it happened the way that it happened. I just think two games against the Nuggets, the Wolves, and then the two L.A. teams, and, and Oklahoma City, who has proven to be a thorn in the Sun's side a little bit and they just beat them in these four games in like a month and a half that they're playing against each other. So I think it's nice that the Suns didn't have a, a super cake schedule at the end here or that they haven't wrapped up the standings, uh, their spot in the standings yet. There's still something to play for. These games are meaningful and the opponents are pretty good, and we will get to like learn something from the team. They will get to learn about themselves a little bit, and they will be tested in a way that this time last year we were talking already about when should they start resting people, when are they going to get the record, blah, blah, blah. And if a player had been coming back from injury at that point, I think the Suns probably just would have sat them. So this is more, this is lined up better on all sides, I think, for these seven games to actually matter.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. Those are all great points. And to just kind of add to that, I think you know not only from the matchup standpoint, but just these teams that they're going up against, they know that uh, they're they're going to have to take it up a notch with KD coming back, especially the national TV games. The Suns, that's just part of having Kevin Durant on your team. Like the players on the other team, they're going to have a little more pep in their step. Uh, they're going to be a little more amped up for those games. So it's kind of like, um, kind of like we saw with the Suns out coming off 64 wins, they're kind of the team with the target on their back um, early in the se- the next season and. You know, a lot of teams remembered what they did to them uh, during the regular season, sometimes, you know, flexing on them or, you know, just having fun. Uh, You know, teams don't forget that stuff, especially those young teams that are hungry. And uh, the Suns used to be that team. So I think some of these teams, especially like the Wolves, it's a great example of a team that they're going to get up for that challenge. They're not going to back down. They're still fighting for a playoff spot. So and like you mentioned, just with the, you know, the big men, just it's going to be an interesting X's and O's matchup, too, that I think should help them prepare for the playoffs and then the Denver games. Um, Honestly, at this point, Denver doesn't have a ton to play for. But at the same time, it's for them like a motivating factor. Just be making a statement that, you know, this New look Suns team is, you know, they're they're not a threat for us. We're still the one seed. This is, you know, the West still runs through through Denver. So they're going to try to be making that statement. So there's definitely some storylines and some some tests that will come along the way. So um, that'll definitely help come play out of
0: it's interesting. I'm curious by that. I think uh, this Friday the, the Nuggets will definitely, you know, play their guys and you know they might not have an incentive to be like going full throttle, but they have to, you know, still keep winning to keep Memphis at bay because the Grizzlies are winners of six straight and they are nine and one in their past ten. So you know the the Nuggets are only three games ahead of them. I'm curious if that thursday april 6th game matters for the nuggets i think it probably will i think this this will go down basically to the wire between those two teams and uh that'll help the suns i guess uh, and it'll help us not have to watch you know KD and booker versus uh like thomas bryant or whoever uh would be backing (laughs) up the nuggets guys but it should be a blast i'm excited i'm sure a lot of people listening will be at that game uh Maybe some of the last affordable Kevin Durant games that will be there to go around, (laughs) looking at some of those playoff ticket prices that were going around today as people were getting their emails. But um, uh, I know that was fixed. If anyone is actually listening, I understand that things were were done incorrectly, but it's back now. They're still going to be very expensive. I hope people enjoy the last remaining regular season games, the final actual home debut of the big ticket, the big acquisition that the Suns were able to nab seven weeks ago, which is an insane thing to say. But you can read Brandon at brightsideofthesun.com. If you like what you're hearing, you can also follow or subscribe to this show. Brandon is here every week. I am here every day in your feed, giving you the latest on the Phoenix Suns, getting you locked on to your favorite team. That'll wrap us up for today, though, guys. In the meantime, go make Locked On NBA your second listen today. Get caught up on all things NBA, there is more going on than just in Phoenix. They have you covered for all of it, available on all podcast platforms. And we will catch you all tomorrow.